Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from St. Louis, Missouri, Joey Nochil Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning. This is a hot start to a show. Yeah. I lost I lost you there for a second. We just went through my connection was unstable did yours just go unstable on me no because you went you you stopped on me too so we both were stopping on each other welcome to the dirty sports podcast take two we're here we're still here we're doing it it's that uh at cincinnati to st louis internet problem that's what's going on here they, they don't have internet in the midwest I think it's your weird hair that is running interference on uh, all the all the wiring because you now have platinum hair. Or maybe it's like jumping to the different metal. You look like Bruce Willis in the Jackal. <laughs> That's a reference. That is a reference. <laughs> like what? Bruce Willis in the Jackal. I, I like that your hair is now getting getting more and more white, and now you're combing it down in front of your face. No, I didn't comb it. I just woke up. Like, and I mean, I, I got up an hour and a half ago, but I have, I mean, it's the morning. Platinum. That's a, that's a great random movie. I remember seeing that. I remember laughing. I think we saw this. I remember laughing in the theater when, and when no one laughed, when he blows off, uh, what's his name's arm. Jack. Uh, what's the, what's the actor comedian's name? He wasn't big yet. Jack Black? Oh yeah. You remember that scene? I yeah, barely. He he's I th- test I think I te- saw I think I saw the jackal exactly once. Yeah, me too. He's testing it. He's testing a weapon and he tells him to stand and hold up his arms. And he literally blows off his arm. He's like, oh, I need to uh recalculate. <laughs> so basically what's that? Oh boy. This is not the start we wanted. That's okay. I, ju- I just switched Wi-Fi's back to my original Wi-Fi. I think, I think this is better. Okay. So we're back. We didn't, we didn't have any problems the last couple of days. We're yeah. back. We're back, baby. We're, uh, we're back and we got a lot to talk about. There's a, there's, for this time of year, there's a lot going on in the sports world. Uh, Andy, don't I know it? I came to St. Louis to save the Mets season. They've won five straight since I attended my first Mets game of the year. You're welcome, New York Mets fans. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, since last episode, God, my team threw a no-hitter, and we can start there with... Wade the, Miley's no-hitter. Well, it's not even about the no-hitter to me. It's, it's we, have, we have a problem in baseball. We have four no-hitters. That's problematic? Yes. That's we, a problem. We don't like historical, historic pitching performances. 
I think you know what I'm getting at. We have a we have a hitting problem. Yeah. So four no hitters, you figure Friday was the seventh. So four no hitters within the first month of baseball. I'm just wondering, like, because I'm a baseball purist and these the other two sports are ones that I don't care about at all. Are people doing this in hockey and in soccer? Are people going these two one games got to end? We need six, five soccer games like. Is this is this a thing like do people are people upset when games that for years have been played to a total of like five runs are still being five run like it just seems like such a modern thing like oh we got a problem with baseball the same problem we've always had with baseball I'm not sure it's a problem I don't mind a pitcher's duel but again if guys can't even get hits at this consistent basis, I, I think it's a problem. I mean, I've, well, I've gone. To- I, I've said before, I said it last episode, I've said episodes before that. I think all you can really do besides the obvious changing of approach, which the, the saber metrics say, you know, walking a Jack is going to make you more runs, you know, 10 times out of 10, than uh, you know, getting a guy on base, moving him over, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there's the math aspect of it too. People just, you know, kind of follow the analytics, but also I've said it before. I'll say it again. If we're going to do stuff, let's stop. Let's stop having ridiculous adjustments and just one guy, two guys got to stay on either side of second base, ban the shift. I guess for me, you know, growing up, it's mostly the really good pitchers throwing no hitters we got i mean when Wade, i mean nothing against wade miley but we have a journeyman wade miley tossing a no hitter doesn't it make you question where where we're at right now i feel like the majority of no hitters over the years have been thrown by journeyman uh you know it's the reason Wade Miley's a journeyman is because he's been good enough to be in the league for a while been good enough to be passed around and he has a great day. And I think, you know, we can talk about, you know, baseball's the three outcomes or whatever problem that baseball has. But I think when we do things like this, when we react to no hitters with this, like the no hitters aren't the problem. The problem is that, again, you know, there's an analytical move in baseball to caring less about putting the ball in play and pitching is getting, you know, these guys are just better athletes than ever and they're just getting better. And, and those two are linked. And, you know, my argument to that would be, there's nothing we can do about that other than, you know, these, the analytical approach to defensive strategy. Listen, in the NBA, we've had, illegal defense. And then we had not illegal defense. Like we have gone through years of, you know, uh, you can play a zone. You can't play a zone. You can play a zone. Like they're always trying to change that. They're moving the three point line in and out. To me, it's like this idea that we know where every single guy is going to hit the ball every single time. So we're just going to put guys there. That's the bigger issue to me than like, Oh, the pitchers are so good. The guys can't just can't get hits. I mean, I'd rather see a band of the shift than a moving of the mound. 
Yeah. What's the history on the shift? Like when, when did we start doing the shift in baseball? They, we started doing the shift in baseball, like in the last 10 to 15 years for big guys, like, you know, the, the, you know, Ortiz. I was gonna say, that's when I first whatever. remember it was, was Ortiz batting. But then what they basically did is it's, you know, it's not the same shift for him as it is for guys today. Like now we have the analytics on knowing exactly where everybody, like this guy's never going to hit the ball over there. So we can put one guy here, one guy here, one guy here. Listen, I just think that's the easiest one to how, implement. But, but my, my response to that, how can batters not adjust? If, if there's a major shift, let's say they think I'm going to pull the ball every time. If I'm a professional hitter, say, hit it the other way. You can't. Like, listen, if a guy, if a guy's throwing mid-90s or high-90s or, or honestly just has control, you can't like you can't hit a 90 mile an hour fastball on the inner half the other way. It's it's pretty impossible to do. And if you do hit it the other way, you're not hitting it the other way with any sort of power. You know, it's like th that that's just physics. You can't take something in here and push it over there very, very hard, you know? Like yeah. So they, they work, pitchers work, you know, there's a, a, the, the shift used to be one thing and now it's turned into a whole other thing where we go, if I put my defense here and I pitch the ball there, unless he hits it over everybody's head and out of the ballpark or over everybody's head and into a gap or down the line, he is not going to get a hit. Yeah, but again, I, I mean, I go back to the thing that's like, if we're if we're gonna, you know, if lay baseball fan is gonna be like, we have a problem, I'll be like, okay, let's start there. I'm also like, we don't have a problem. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just been interesting for me of the three like. Games. I just I just don't feel like you know old school soccer fans like another one nail game. This is boring. A lot of defense, a lot of goalkeeping. We need more goals. What uh, what fan are you representing right there? What part of the, 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 uh, what part yeah, of that's 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 the that's my best impression of like the early two thousands uh, FIFA announcer. Skulls to Totti, Totti to Skulls, Skulls. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, I'm kind of more of just posing the question if there's a problem and obviously four no hitters is a lot in the first month and here we are historically low batting averages there are adjustments that they could make it doesn't seem like they will i i don't well, i don't oh, baseball probably will and they'll probably make a stupid fucking adjustment that ruins it for everybody like they'll they'll be like let's just make it four strikes and you're like baseball no this is not like why do you guys do this <laughs> we also got to change the song it's one two three four strikes here out at like no don't like let's if, if you really have a problem which again i don't but if you really have a problem with it ban start by banning the shift there's two guys on either side of the second base in the infield yeah, the shift, I, I've paid more attention watching games when I'm there. 
the amount of shifts per batter, you know, of a, you know, of the, the eight position players, it, it's amazing the amount of shifts. Like I'd love, I'd love to see a stat on that. I'm sure there is of every team's eight position players per game. How many times are they doing a shift when the guy gets up to bat? Like what I mean, percent? What percentage of those eight players is getting I would, a shift? I would, I would, I would argue 100 percent of the time there's some sort of movement. They, they all have a card that says where they're going to be positioned for each guy, and they, they move you know, or the center fielder's got a card and he's moving guys in the outfield. Yeah. I would say in some regard, 100% of the time. Now you were at helium this weekend. I was helium comedy club, helium comedy club in St. Louis. Now when you're on stage, are you doing a shift? If you're like, okay, I'm hearing more laughs over here. I'm going to go stand over here. Now the laughs are moving to the center. How do you approach I, it, Joe? I, I just, I, I do the turn. I don't, I don't shift as much as, as, you know, rotate. I gotcha. I, I have watched myself on video. And if you know, if you scrub through a video, I'm basically an oscillating fan on stage. I'm just moving in a pretty consistent motion from left to right. Whereas Chris rock is walking a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. He walks, he paces. How did everything go? Good. Yeah, it was fun. Fun shows in St. Louis. Um, crowds were good. Um, thank you for everybody that came out. Um, it, it's just nice to to be back to be working. You know, a weekend again. Like uh, Helium was nice enough to put me on the shows while I was here and let me host, um, as opposed to you know in the past where I'm I'm booking a show that I just they just happened to throw me on while I was here and I appreciate that and. Very, you know, Helium's one of the great uh, comedy club chains in America. I think they do an awesome job. They're in some, uh, you know, fun, different st- cities. You know, obviously we have other comedy club chains that have, you know, put their, uh, you know, put their boots in the ground in some of the bigger cities. But uh, Helium's awesome. They're in Portland and Buffalo and Philadelphia and Indianapolis. And they're they're really, really great clubs. So, it was fun. Did you have time to golf? I did not have time to golf. So you're telling me you packed and brought that amazing minimal golf bag all the way to St. Louis and you didn't get to use it. L- listen, Andy, this is uh, becoming one of the great uh, you know, storylines of my, my spring so far. I brought my clubs to New York and didn't get to play. I brought my clubs to Missouri and didn't get to play. Uh, I all I I'm literally packing my minimal minimal golf bag to show it off places and uh, not getting an opportunity. And honestly, you know, I've got to talk to some of the other people in my organization and let them know, listen, I have a sponsorship with what I have been referring to as the Tesla of golf bags. I am trying to get to take it to the streets. You know, I'm trying to show it off across America and here I am getting boxed out. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate and it's too bad because honestly, uh, I think this state would have, would have really, uh, really benefited from seeing the incredible minimal golf bag. Well, the new bag 2.0 is dropping in about two weeks on May 25th. If you guys want to get a pre-order in, you can do that over at minimalgolf.com. As a reminder, this is the most high tech 
technologically advanced, like Joe is saying, the Tesla of golf bags. I call it the Rodney Dangerfield Caddyshack of golf bags. It has the custom waterproof Bluetooth speaker, the solar power bank, the phone charger. It's got so many cool features. So go ahead, pre-order the Minimal Golf Bag at minimalgolf.com. And if you're a golf fan or you want to improve your game, this will have all it will have all the features that will help that. And you can film yourself, which I know is one of the best features. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think it's 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 such a great bag because it works. It helps you on so many levels. You know that 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 pocket. You put your phone in. You put the the bag down on its legs. You put, you set that bag up behind you at the range or on the course. You can uh, you can take a great look at your swing. And you know some soothing music. To me, the combination of being able to look at my swing after a range sesh and having tunes playing at the range. This, I, I feel like it's taken two to three strokes off my handicap, the golf bag alone. So yeah, go check that out. Get your orders in at minimalgolf.com. Okay. We do have a lot to discuss, but before we get into some more sports, I have to recap my first visit to Kings Island on Saturday. Yeah. Kings Island opening weekend. A lot of people tagged you in, in the social media, Kings Island said pass holders only. Uh, you sent me a message saying you were removed by security or something like that. And I was like, listen, I have so many questions. I'm just going to save them for the podcast because I mean, you are, it's, it's, it's almost like you're the villain in a teen rom-com at this point. You're the guy who's like has his hair dyed and like gets a little wild at the amusement park. What happened at this amusement park, Andy? Well, it wasn't just me. Let's just say my brother's family and I were. We, we were walked out with security on Saturday. A, uh, a, a man in his 40s, a woman in his 40s, a four-year-old and myself. But hold on. Before I get to that, that's, that's a little clickbaity title because we weren't actually escorted out. So let me just break down Kings Island on Saturday. First of all, complete shit show. If you do have a season pass next year, do not go on the very first day because it's the B team. It's teenagers, their first day, no clue what they're doing. The lines were out of control. We only stayed in the kiddie land. They have a whole kids there. Like we didn't try any of the big roller coasters, two hour waits. So we basically went for my nephew who's four. And at that age, you know, this joke, you, you do a whole thing in your act on it. It's like there's a certain range where before they go bonkers, right? That's yeah. your bit about where the uncle yeah. walks away, which I, is perfect. Cause I get it. So that range on this Saturday was about three to four hours. We could be there with him. So we have one final ride. So you just had one kid. It's just, it's just three adults. I mean, you guys talk about, I mean, you were triple teaming this kid and it still got out of control. Well, he just, this was like his first amusement park. Yeah. So he's going through the, like he pussed out on two rides right before, after waiting 15, 20 minutes to go on because it's too high or I'm too scared. He liked the roller coasters, but he, for some reason, didn't like anything that went up. Like, I don't know. Anyway, 
there's one final ride, like a scary ride. It's supposed to be scary. It's again for kids. You get in, you know, it's dark. You it's called Boo Hill, and you 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 shoot guns at the ghosts. And we're in this ride. This ride's changed over the years. This used to be Hanna Barbera Land back in the day. It was it was a Smurf ride in water. Then it changed to the the Phantom of the Opera. Now it's Boo Blasters at Boo Hill or something. How shit do you like know that. the history of this ride? Because you know I've I've been to Kings Island my whole life. Okay. So I don't want to go on it. It's like a, I don't know, 30 plus minute wait just to get on. My brother's like, no, last ride, it'll be good for him. He starts freaking out when we get on. Like he's legitimately scared because, you know, it's the noises and it's dark and, you know, ghosts pop up and all that stuff. And it's, it is a lot for a four-year-old. So he Your finally brother's torturing his son. Yeah. And we're all crammed. Just so you know, on, on the, on the carousel thing that we're in, you know, my brother, Greg, he's a big dude. Like we're crammed. My nephew is on his lap. It's his wife and me and Greg. Like we're crammed in there with three adults and a child. Basically, it would have been it would have been pretty comfortable for the two parents of the child and him to be in there. But when the creepy uncle that's along for the ride is also creating. Well, you're right. And, that, and that's what I said. In. That's what I said. I go, wait a second, guys. Is there going to be enough room for us? I go, I can't be in. Uh, I can't be in one of these things by myself. Because then I just look like a pedophile. Can't be in one of these things by myself. So we all cram in. Did you guys see the jackal on the scary ride? <laughs> so we all cram in and it's a long, it's a longer ride. And again, it's dark. It's one of the, those rides. It just stops. And he's at that meltdown point and we're waiting and we're waiting and they're not doing any announcements. The whole ride stops and you know, you're inside and it's dark, but they're continuing the sounds of the pop-up go. They're continuing everything without making announcements or they're making announcements and you can't hear over the sound of the actual ride. This goes on for, I don't know, like 10 to 12 minutes. And Greg's like, dude, you're going to have to get out and check what's going on. This is ridiculous. Cause he's about to have a meltdown. <laughs> We're all stuck in. So you're getting out of the ride in a, inside of a dark mechanical machine and just going to look. Well, this isn't my first time probably popping out of this. Like I've, I've been on this ride. You know, I have experience. So I wait. And then this finally, is now really like a scene in the Jackal. Like you're in a dark, haunted house in an abandoned amusement park and you're trying to run away, like going around dark corners. So I get out and of. But, you know, Beverly Hills Cop three, like what? <laughs> so I pop out of the ride. But this thing doesn't move fast. Just so you know, there's areas, you know, there's like a track that it's on. But outside of that, you can walk around. So I pop out and apparently they announced get in the ride. But again, the moron kids running, it should have just stopped the actual ride audio. And they didn't. So no one can hear this of get back in the ride. So I start walking, trying to find the exit. And it's a labyrinth and it was, it was way farther away than we all thought. We were probably halfway through the ride. And as I'm walking, apparently they just keep announcing, but they're so stupid. The teenagers running it. They again, have not turned it off. Finally, they turn off the ride audio. And my brother said they must've announced it 10 times. Like they were, it was a girl freaking out, like get back in the ride. You have to get back in the ride. So I make it to the end and there's like four or five teenage kids waiting for me. And they're like, sir, you're not allowed to get out of the ride. 
that you cannot do that. And I said, well, I already did. Well, you're not supposed to. I go, well, I already did, guys. And there's the, there's the exit door to enter, you know, to get back into the uh, daylight. Like, you're not allowed to leave. We've called our supervisors. We've called security. You have to stay here. And this one guy walks up and he's like, sir, you're never, ever allowed to get out of any ride at any time at Kings Island. And I said, I said, dude. I didn't get out on top of Orion, which is the 300 foot roller coaster. I got out of Boo. Oh, Hill, nice. Bro. Dropping, dropping references to their real rides. Guys, we're not even in adult land. Let's <laughs> let's not treat this like I got out of Orion. I got out of Boo Town. Okay. Boo Hill. Boo Hill. Boo Hill. I wasn't even up on Boo Hill yet. I was still on the approach to the climb up Boo Hill. So let's not act. Like I came out of a roller coaster while I was upside down. So then they keep saying security is on their way. You have to fill out paperwork. And I must have said two or three times, you guys going to put me in Kings Island jail? Like I'm mocking these kids. Andy, now, have you thought about just complying? No, I was complying. I wasn't leaving. I, I didn't. I didn't walk away. I stayed there. So mind you, any indoor rides, you have to wear a mask and it's dark. So I'm, I'm in a mask. The kids are in masks. It's dark. At this point, I'm thinking, I think they have no clue what my age is. They have, there's no way they know I'm 39 years old because yeah. they're also probably thinking, what 39-year-old's jumping out of the ride? Right. What 39-year-old does the Machine Gun Kelly hair dye thing? Like, <laughs> so what, they, what kind of 39-year-old came in Machine Gun Kelly cosplay? <laughs> so they have no clue. And then they tell me this is the best part. The ride was stopped because there was people with disabilities, which I'm calling bullshit. It does not take 15 minutes to get anybody with disabilities out of a ride. So then they tell me we can't restart the ride until you've met with security. I go, wait, so everybody's stuck now because of me. So now I feel like a total asshole, even though it's on them. They should have announced this. Again, amateur hour with a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds. So there's another room right by me that has the cameras. And at this point, my brother Greg had texted me, I can't wait any longer. Should I just get out? I write yes. So why? So, why? You, 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 they just told you that you are the reason it is stopped. Now you're telling other people to get out. So my brother's family all gets out of their ride. And I hear someone in the other room, a woman go, Oh my God, now there's an entire family getting out of car 12. Oh my God. So now they turn on the lights of the entire ride, which they should have done before. And a couple supervisors show up I mean, and they're like, I just want to point out, you're certainly not complying when you text somebody else to also break the Kings Island laws for well, a man who's Mr. Law and order on this podcast. You have, you have spit in the face of the Kings Island badge holding police community. I never, I, I never, guess, I guess pink and white stripe, candy stripe lives don't matter or whatever the fuck they wear patrolling Kings. Island. I have never claimed. I've, I've always been a little, little chaotic. I've never claimed to be law and order. Anyway, my brother comes out at this point, he walks up right as security guard named Mike who's probably 19 shows up and they do the same spiel to my brother, his wife, Greg's holding a four-year-old and security guards like we, Security guards, like, I need to talk to you. And Greg's like, well, I'm leaving the park right now. We were already planning on leaving. 
And he's like, uh, can I, can I walk with you as you leave the park? So the security guard follows us as we walk out to the exit of the entire amusement park. He has a notepad. This was the funniest part. Like it was a crime scene. He had a little, one of those little notepads that they would show up at like a murder scene. And he's saying, okay, so I need to understand what happened to force you to get out of the ride. And then he asked my brother's name. And for some reason he gave our actual last name. I go, why would you do that? He says, it's Ruther. He doesn't ask for ID. He doesn't ask for anything like that, but he follows us as we walk out. He's scared. He's definitely scared shitless of my brother. You know, he's a big guy and he's intimidated and he's asking. Yeah, these also, questions. you guys are anarchists. So he's walking through with a giant guy who's already prone to breaking the rule. He, he cares not for your Kings Island rules. He's walking off of rides. So security guard, Mike, I think they should have tased you guys personally, maybe even found actual firearms. So we walked out with security guard, Mike exited the park and we're laughing because if they put the Ruther name, there's a lot of us who have season passes this year. So I assume we're good next time, but guess we're going to find out, you know, we're again, we're all wearing masks too. So identity. Now, did you have to get a picture taken for your Kings Island pass? Yeah, I did it ahead of time with a selfie. You could do that this year. So they're gonna go through your passes and find the people who match them. No, they can't wearing masks. They, they, that's what I'm saying. They can't. It's like Greg said. Greg goes, if they called me, obviously we're in the system that we went that day. They, you know, they scanned our phones. But he goes, they didn't take any ID. If they ever called me, I'd say I wasn't there. Well, security guard Mike gave the Ruther name. It wasn't me. Somebody else, somebody gave my name. I mean, he was there because the they scanned your pass, but you're claiming it wasn't you on the ride. Is this your is this your is this your play here? We were at the park, but it wasn't us. Somebody else must have given our name. Look, man. Sir, your brother has platinum frosted tips. We know that this was you. And I'm screaming, they're not frosted. It's from the chlorine in the pool. Sir, your brother was wearing a shirt that said property of the dirtball fam. We have looked at his social <laughs> media. We know it's him. So that was my first day at Kings Island. And that's how it ended. Walking out with Un- security. Unbelievable. I hate to say it. But maybe don't be an adult at a fucking amusement park like you. Oh, no. A four-year-old just stays on that ride. I think we need to jump out of Boo Hill every single time we go to Kings Island to end the day. What do you think about that idea? I hope they shoot you next time. I hope I hope Mike, the security guard, is given is given a firearm because of this incident. These poor and teenagers you, and takes you guys out. These poor teenagers, man. And you absolutely no respect for law and order. Okay, what well, serious you're question? Basi- you're basically the Antifa of Kings Island. What do you do in that situation? Do you just sit in the ride? I have no like first I have to yeah, I probably first of all, yes, I probably do sit in the, li- in the 15, ride. 15 15 minutes in. But you're also presupposing that I'm like what is going through my adult brain while I'm on Boo Hill at Kings Island in Cincinnati, Ohio? Well, first you you, you know, you've started me in a situation that will never occur. I'm just saying all they had to do. And again, it's teenagers, so I feel bad for them. They don't know any better. All they had to do if there was a problem getting people out or a mechanical thing, all they had to do was 
stop the whole ride and make an announcement that everybody could hear and say, we're having issues. Please hold tight. They didn't do that. I just keep thinking about the poor cripple kid that they took 15 minutes to get out of whatever contraption he uses to get around the park and get him into Boo Hill. And then he doesn't even get to go on the ride because you guys literally mock him by being like, I know you can't walk, but we can. And we have walked off the ride. And they're like, well, now we're shut down for the whole day. They were in an area that, you know, was sanitized. And now we have to sanitize that area for COVID. <laughs> the Antifa, the Ruther Antifa crowd. Greg, throwing, Greg, Greg put it fast through windows. Greg put it fast. He goes, bricks come from. He goes, dude, I used to do this shit 30 years ago when I was like 12 and 13. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. 30 years later, the Ruther boys are just causing chaos. So that was day one at Kings Island. But I'll be back if I'm allowed. I can't wait. I think you should go back soon so we can find out if you're allowed. See if I'm on a ban list. Yeah. Maybe take one of your nieces and nephews that can get through Boo Hill without losing their minds. Hey, man. I don't know, but I was laughing pretty hard. I just can't believe my brother gave his real name. I, you know, the the thing to keep in mind for next time is if, if you can't Boo Hill the time, don't Boo Hill the crime. <laughs> Well played. Well played. Well, you know who else is on my shit list right now to bring it back to a sports discussion is Adam Schefter. Shefty. You're beating with Schefter now? Yeah, man. I can't believe this Aaron Rodgers thing. I still don't really understand it. I don't understand what, like, what is the, what I is, saw, I, well, you sent me the thing and he basically said that the Aaron Rodgers, uh, the, the Aaron Rodgers story that he broke on draft day, he decided to break when he, you know, there was a culmination of information. And then I'm, I know, my, I know, I know the timing of it is draft day, but I'm wondering like, what, what is it that people are like, what's the issue? I don't know what other people have. My issue personally is that he would drop this on draft day with no new tangible information of anything that he decided to hijack an entire draft a day where people are becoming professional football players. It's it, it really is a day for the players, right? Where dreams come true. Okay. Okay. What is going on here right now? I'm just saying. Jesus, you were literally at Kings Island where kids dreams come through, come true and you shut down the whole goddamn park. So <laughs> let's, let's stop worrying about children's and their dreams come true when you're burning down like Princess's Palace. Roasting, you know, Mickey Mouse over the coals of the anarchy that you sp- that you're spreading throughout amusement parks in middle America. You don't think there's a problem with him doing this on draft day? I'm going to play the clip. Let me just play the clip. Let me play what he said to Dan Patrick. This dropped on. Okay, I haven't heard this, so this will be good. And then I, yeah, so I'll just play what he said. And Patrick point blank asked him, you chose to break the news on draft day. Just listen to his response. 49ers called and I said, how long till it gets out that Aaron Rodgers wants that? Is it next week? 
Is it next when he doesn't show to the OTAs? Is it next month when he isn't? It's going to come out. What does it matter if it comes out now or next week or next month? And so. So you chose to break the news on draft day. That is actually that is absolutely accurate. Correct. But it wasn't something that you got information about. No. Oh, okay. Okay. No, and it was nothing that morning that came in. And okay. All of a sudden said to me, yeah, he wants out. You should report this. Like, it, it was going on all offseason. You just keep hearing it. And there, there was more and more talk. And now they're starting to be out. I mean, Joe, come on right there. Oh, he's, I mean, I, he's, yeah. straight up, he's straight up admitting nothing came to light that I'm, morning. I, I understand, but I'm still I'm still a little confused because, like, the whole thing is, like, Shefty bomb. And, like, so, like, my, I guess my question is, Shouldn't we be more upset that Schefter didn't tell us earlier? Not that he didn't like wait until after the draft. I mean, that's a fair point, but I had enough information for this story to be a thing. Like also if he's trying to like affect some draft day trade or something or some movement of Aaron Rodgers, wouldn't he do it sooner? Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just, I'm confused with what the like, what are people what is essentially at the bottom of like what what you're saying? What are you saying? Like he took advantage of like draft day being a time where people give a shit what Adam Schefter says. Yes, doing I, it, or I think he it's like I said last week. It's not a coincidence. Let me just why don't we just pull up what I said last week? I have that queued up already. This is what okay. I said last Monday on our show. Well, the timing of events is also an, an interesting, like, point. like it's I, I just that dropped on draft day. Schefter dropped it draft day. Is he working with Rogers team? What's the behind the scenes? I'm just saying uh, there, there, there's a lot of questions. Well, that, you don't think Schefter is trying to say it was a it's a coincidence that it drops draft day. So obviously he's not working with Rogers team, but that was my point last week. And I was actually right. He's confessing. He's been holding on to this. My, my take is this, like you said, Joe, he could have dropped it earlier. And then he's but, saying, I could have dropped it. Dude, you but chose there was, draft. There was, but he there hijacked was, draft day, but he there did. was information and this is already out there, right? There's information that Mike Shanahan called the, uh, Green Bay Packers that day to talk about the availability of Aaron Rodgers. And he just referenced the Niners. Now I know you're saying that this isn't like, I, I know he's saying there's no, there wasn't some information, but he even mentions the Niners. Like, I guess the thing is, are we mad that he didn't wait? Or are we mad that he didn't do it early? Like, I don't, I don't really know. Unless we're accusing him of working with Aaron Rodgers or of trying to force a trade of Aaron Rodgers on draft day. Like, I'm just like, I, I can't say Adam Schefter is guilty of this or that until I know what people are upset. What is I, I have no clue. I haven't look. I haven't seen what any other anyone else has said. I haven't followed it. All I know is I saw that. And that was this. That's my reaction. My response is just, dude, you you hijack draft day. And to me, that's selfish. And I get it. He works for ESPN. 
and it's going to get more eyeballs on the draft, but does it? I mean, I mean, I mean, it creates obviously a huge discussion. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers didn't move. No one made a play for Aaron Rodgers at all. No one traded their anything to try to acquire Aaron Rodgers or not. It's like, yeah, it was a story that day, but I mean, hijacked draft day. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the whole, dude, the whole he did. I, I, I do. Th- the whole draft was about Aaron Rodgers and are the Packers going to make a trade? He straight up admitted right there. He but, like, no- we, but the sec, like once the once the Niners drafted Trey Lance at three, the whole dra- like the story of where is Aaron Rodgers like that was over. That story was over three picks into the draft. I, I don't think so. Not not to me. Where else was Aaron Rodgers going? I don't know. I mean, there were there were crazy people saying, "Oh my God, what if the Patriots get him? What if something happens? What if some wild trade happens?" But you seem to be disagreeing with me. My point I'm is, I'm not disagreeing with anything. I just don't know what I don't. I'm, I don't even know what I am or I'm not agreeing with. All, I, all the, my point is this: He sat on this to timely do it on draft day. He could have done it later. Like he said, he could have done it earlier. Like you said, he purposefully dropped it on draft day. I think him doing it later. I think he's actually, I think it's actually worse if he does it later. Cause then he's like, I had all this information and the NFL draft was happening and I'm just, what am I doing? I'm, I'm an NFL beat reporter and I'm not reporting the beat that I know because what like i guess that's the thing like why why he what why he didn't do it sooner i guess is a question if he said he didn't get any information and that's the point so he's great i actually think he should have done it sooner and it probably would have hijacked draft day even more people would have had more time to make moves for aaron Rodgers. so Schefter's great at his job we both agree he also I, i don't know maybe well i'm assuming he's great at his job like we have joked how many times on this show that he doesn't sleep, that he's artificial intelligence, that he drops something the minute he gets it. Well, We've obviously lo- that's not true. And, you know, we kind of know that now. But that's my point is every other situation. He's tweeting at 407 a.m. Blah, 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 blah. Injury or this this move is happening. Every other instance, he is letting everybody know. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a hypothetical, Andy. Hypothetically. Adam Schefter has been uh, hearing things for a number of weeks leading up to the draft. He smells the story, but he's not sure he has one. He doesn't say anything. And Aaron Rodgers ends up getting traded to the Niners, uh, you know, for the third pick and a bunch of other stuff. And people go like, why didn't anybody know this was coming? And Schefter goes like, I had all this information. But, you know, it didn't seem like it was quite ready to be a story yet. And and then people go like, well, fuck Schefter. So Schefter's like, uh, in case something happens this evening, you should know that there's a bunch of stuff that tells me Aaron Rodgers is super unhappy in Green Bay. 
My response is, I don't think that happens. I don't think anybody's saying fuck Adam Schefter or any of those situations. Well, I think we would certainly be like, where did, how did this app, where did this come from? We, we, if known- we had no Shefty tweet the morning of draft day and Aaron Rodgers got traded in the draft, the, the fucking internet would have exploded. I, well, it would have exploded regardless, but I disagree with you in one instance in that we all know Aaron Rodgers has had problems the last couple of years. We've known since they drafted Jordan Love. We've known we've heard all the rumblings about him and LaFleur. You, you know, you know what I'm saying? It, it wouldn't be a shock if he was traded. We've known Aaron Rodgers. I think it would have been a shock if the NFL, the reigning NFL MVP were traded on draft day without any rumors or rumblings that somebody was trying to move him or he was demanding to be moved. He's again, he's also been unhappy. Yeah. I, I like, I guess it's just the worst case scenario. I don't know what we're accusing Adam Sheffer of being a clickbait like reporter. Oh, well, Oh, well he does work at ESPN. Well, that, well, that's, that's all I'm saying. It's exactly that. He took oh, advantage. Well then, well then judge Joe Prano finds him guilty on all charges. He's a guy who fucking gets up every morning and fucking throws out clickbait NFL headlines. Guilty. Throw him in the jail at Kings Island. Throw him in fucking the candy cane captivity hole. Joe, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. Draft days for the kids. He ruined it. He ruined the kids. He basically got out of the draft day ride early and shut the whole thing down. Yeah, he did. He got out of Boo Hill. So you're basically accusing Aaron Schefter, uh, Adam Schefter of being you, being the you of the draft. <laughs> Minus the frosted tips. Right. Although he's clearly has his own hair dye issues. Does he? I only sleep two hours every night, but I have jet black hair. Okay. <laughs> okay, Schefter. You know you're either a robot or you dye your hair. You know what's great about that interview is Dan Patrick and you don't have the video in front of you. I'm playing the video where he's like, so you decided. And she was like, yeah, like he's very matter of fact where he's not hiding. I'll give him credit. He's not hiding it. I, Cause I don't, I don't, I, I, I think he's answering questions because he's like uh, uh, completely unaware. Of what if like, if somebody's accusing him something, I think he's like, yeah, I was doing my job. I was telling the people on draft day, get ready. We might have some news with Aaron Rodgers tonight because I've 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 been sitting on a lot of information that he is unhappy. That no one's scooping me. I'm not gonna have Shams Charnia or whatever the fuck his name is. Like that's NBA. I know, but they all they've been, all been doing it late, lately. They're all I, Ian Rap Ian Rappaport is his. Uh, they've always been jumping on each other's bombs. Have they? Yeah. Did you watch the DK Metcalf sprinting? I did. I mean, I I did I watch I watched the clip. Yeah, ten, ten and a half seconds long. He's still a freak. You know, there was a lot of talk of like, this was a sham or this whatever. Like, did, did the guy ran? The guy didn't finish. He finished last, but he didn't finish. Like, he finished tied for last. Two guys went ten point three six. So he's clearly belonged in the field. I know it was, you know, a bit of a stunt, but I believe he truly was trying to win. I'm also sure that like, point zero whatever seconds or something you could probably make up learning to start if you weren't an nfl player he's also gigantic i thought it was awesome i have an idea 
for DK. So his time, like you said, he was last. But here's in something. His heat. In his he heat. He wasn't last in America. <laughs> well, he was what, 15th out of 17th? Sure. So the fastest woman's 100-meter record all time in the history of the world is 10.49 seconds. So he's the fastest female sprinter of all time? Which he crushed. Right. He should just say he's a woman. I mean, this is this is a whole thing. You know, th- you know I, I've been talking about this for how long, Andy? You know there's going to be an Olympic weightlifter i saw didn't you know didn't do uh weightlifting for the 35 years on earth as a man like i know people are doing their whole like this isn't a real thing and and also by the way i'm not even like i don't even want to dip into like whether or not schools and blah 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 like i don't give a shit about i don't give a shit about what happens in like middle school sports in in Georgia or whatever. I agree. I agree. I don't, I don't give a shit, but like the idea that people aren't going to do this, we have been joking around on this, on the show forever. The idea that somebody isn't going to be like, I'm joining the WNBA. I'm going to win an Olympic medal as a sprinter. I'm going to whatever. And it's all like, come back to the forefront with, uh, with our girl, Caitlin Jenner saying shit or whatever. But like, this is this is for sure a thing that will happen in the near future. Is already happening now, and it's I mean, ludicrous. So, I mean, South Park did. I told you, you don't watch South Park. They did a hilarious episode in the last season that basically Macho Man Randy Savage decided to become an Olympian and dominate, and didn't change the physical look or have a biological sex change. I mean, by the way, that's why I brought up his time. For that reason, if D- if DK Metcalf was a woman, that just shows the difference in biology. He would crush the all time record. It wouldn't even be close by almost a second and a half. And you're right. I saw the 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 power lifter. And you're right. This is a thing. And I also agree with you, Prana. Like I don't. I'm not talking middle school sports. I, you know, I, I, for all I care, I mean, again, we're, you know, it goes to a thing of like, you know, uh, like it, it goes back to the baseball, the moving the all-star game that a, a bunch of, you know, conservative dirt balls are, were triggered by. And it's like, you can argue all you want that the, that, oh, the, the, the laws in Colorado are this, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that, again, you brought these like, it was so clear why you made voter changes in Georgia that like it, it's not a matter of what the voting laws are elsewhere. It's like why you did it. It's very clear that these trans athlete laws that people are instituting in shitty, poor ass Southern conservative states are like, oh, we're going to we're going to teach middle schoolers. And we know what's behind this. You don't care about middle school sports. No one's ever cared about middle school sports ever, including people who play or coach middle school sports. You're only doing this to prove some sort of point. So that's why I don't give a shit. Like, I don't I don't want to even get involved in your dumb political games where you're like messing with the minds of like 13 year olds who are already struggling with 
gender identity to make some political point. But on a professional level, on a Olympic level. But even but even to me on a high school level, I mean, mean, look, you know, to to me that like my cut, like once you get to high school. Things, the difference is so drastic. And it is. I don't even care about the difference. The bottom line is we when we're going to talk about this with like the horse racing thing. We are not that far removed from the East German women being on hormones and blah, 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 just to win. It's like, that's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. We have a history in, uh, you know, professional sports, in college sports, in Olympic sports. The reason why high school gets dicey is because not we don't have a governing body for high school sports. Where we're like, oh, everybody should be, do this and everybody should do that. We don't have an NCAA. Which, we don't have a. Which, by the way, to kind of hop in here, you're, you're alluding the the horse racing thing. And I learned this from my brother last night. That's the, that's the same problem they have in horse racing. Yeah, no shit. So, so I didn't know every state is different. There's no uniform law on the drugs that these horses can be given. Right. Which I guess, I guess it's being proposed because there's too much money involved, right? With gambling. I guess it's being proposed in Congress. There needs to be one set. You always hear this, the Nevada racing board, the Kentucky racing board, the whatever racing board. It's the same thing happens in boxing. surprise, surprise, the other most fixed sport in history, boxing, where they all come up with their own fucking bullshit. And that's the thing. It's like, it's listen, High school sports is a whole different thing than professional boxing or professional horse racing where there's literally 50 tracks in America. Every town has a high school. It's hard to have a governing body. And so you leave it up to the states and then you have shitty red states who are like, fuck 13 year olds who are struggling with their identity. I'm going to fucking ruin their life. That's completely different than saying, listen, the NCAA has a governing body and this is how we're going to handle this situation. The international Olympic committee has a governing body. This is how we're going to handle this situation. Well, obviously, you know, I don't want to go too far. Like we're going to end up discussing those other things at some point. Cause it's just inevitable, but to bring it to the horse racing, the Kentucky Derby winner, uh, Medina spirit has been disqualified for testing positive on a steroid. But has it been disqualified yet. Well, they're reviewing right the positive test. And if they're, they're reviewing con- whether or not the positive test for a drug that the horse is allowed to take is correct that he took it, but not in the window of time that the horse is allowed to. T- like this is one of those things where, guys, I have worked at a racetrack in America. If you don't think horse racing is the most or second most or tied for first most fixed sport in the world with only boxing being there, you are fucking stupid. They, all these horses are on all this shit. It's legal for them to be on all this shit. Then they come up with stupid things. We're like, well, in Nevada, you can, you know, you can be on this stuff within seven days of a race. And in Kentucky, you can't be on it with within 14 days of a race, but you can be on this other anabolic steroid for horses. And you can be on this. I mean, there are, Literally, like you, you talk about, like, I got a tip on a horse in the seventh race. They didn't fucking take the horseshoes off the other horses. 
the the tip is that that one horse is juicing. The problem I have is Baffert, Bob Baffert, the trainer, he is such a checkered past. But he doesn't have a checkered past. He has the same checkered past as everybody in the fucking history of sports. Some of his steroid ridden horses uh, get caught. Some yeah, but, of them but is that but Joe, I, I don't I don't know enough about the sport. Is that true? He's had 20. His horses have had 29 He's the biggest trainer ever. Like this is also the he has a legit like a literal stable of horses. This ain't fucking Seabiscuit where Bob Baffert's getting up every day and feeding this horse fucking oats from his hand i know but hold on but hold on like like my brother's obviously big into this he owns a horse i talk to him a lot about it i mean baffert has the look he's got the facts are this is his fifth failed drug test of a horse that he's trained in the last year he's had 29 failed drug tests so for me i'll be honest when i hear his explanation oh i had no clue how did this happen I say, dude, you're racing the horse you train in the Kentucky Derby. You had no clue. I'm calling bullshit. The evidence, I, I, is, the I, evidence I, is there. He's got tw- he's got 29 failed drug tests in his career. Your brother owned a horse, correct? He still your owns brother a owned a oh, that oh, that raced in a big, fairly big race. Oh yeah, I mean he was he's a very very he was a very very small minority owner, right? But if you wanted to go spend time, like the my point is, Bob Baffert has a hundred horses. So if every single day, you know, he spends time with every one of his, like, I'm, I'm just saying there is a guy that's training that horse under him. He is the stable trainer, but like, you know, again, he's not feeding this horse fucking like basically what he's saying. He says like, uh, you know, the guy who really trains this horse apparently took it upon himself to fucking juice this horse up. But then at the same time, how ludicrous is it that this, this is a, this is something the horse is allowed to take. As far as the horse shouldn't be allowed to take it is what you're saying. Well, what the fuck are we talking about? Just have fucking their horses just race them. I agree. Feed them, train them, race them. They don't need to be on oh, steroids. Lasix, serves, you know this and and this anabolic that and this and you and but it's only legal for this many days before a race and it's only legal this many days before another race in this city and then this blah blah blah. It's so ludicrous. And I repeat again, I've worked at a horse track. I've I've been around a lot of people who run horses, who own horses. I still know people who own horses in these things. Uh, Joe, bet Medina Spirit in the fucking Kentucky Derby. You know who made money on Medina Spirit? I did. Yeah, but again. I'm assuming the tip wasn't like he, you know, my guy saw him this morning and he looks real fast. I Again, I, I think I'm not denying that he's got a lot of horses, but to act like he didn't know again his horse that's racing in the biggest race of the year to play dumb on that i'm not buying it personally i'm not buying i i think you're wrong i think he didn't know he also doesn't care also they all do it it's the most fucking fixed shit ever yeah but i feel like you're giving him a free pass i'm not giving him a free pass i'm saying he's a man who's a part of a criminal enterprise that takes money from people who are gambling like they're watching a horse race 
The majority of the public don't know. The whole thing is a fucking scam, Andy. So that leads to my next point. If Medina, you're like, you're like, you like want him to be like the most, like you want him to be the most honest mobster there is. No, I I, look, I'm not expecting that. I'm saying they're mobsters. They're it's, it's a like big horse racing, big gambling, big, big, like he doesn't even give a shit about winning the fucking Kentucky Derby. He gives a shit about the amount of money. Now he can charge to sire other fucking horses because the horse, it's it's all, all of, an elaborate fucking money-making scheme. So what happens to the money? So so let's say Medina Spirit is Nothing still happens to the money. You won, you keep it. That's pretty you fucked lost, up for the people. You that's, lose it. That's pretty jacked up for those people. Sure. We're, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars exchanged hands, and then the horse gets disqualified? Yeah. Guess what, Andy? If you If you bet on a boxing match and a guy takes a dive in the fourth, you also lose. It's it's really not good. For, like, I don't know, man. It's it, it, I, like I see this. And again, I don't know anything about this stuff. I, I would never. Why would I ever want to bet on a sport where I know it's completely fixed like this? Why would you want to do it? Because somebody tells you what to bet on and you win. That's why you'd want to do it. Why you'd want to do it if you aren't getting those tips. You shouldn't. That's why racetracks are fucking gorgeous because they took your money. Because no one told you who was going to win, Andy. Yeah. Should have called me. Somebody told me who was going to win. Unfortunately, they didn't tell me who's going to come in second or third, but they told me who's going to win. You, you got the Bob Baffert tip. I didn't get the Bob Baffert tip, but listen, this is, this is not like, this is not abnormal at all. It's not abnormal in the big race. It's not abnormal in the small race. When I was working at Yonkers Raceway and for a harness track, it was like, oh, look at this horse is on this and this horse is on that. Like, it's not, this is, it's so like, you know, the idea that we're even talking about it, this is stuff the horse can take up to 14 days before the race. Like what? Yeah. And I didn't know that. Imagine if they were like Barry Bonds allowed to take this shit, but he's got to stop like when he arrives at spring training. But then they were like, hey, we found traces of this in your blood. He's like, yeah, I know. I was taking it until I got to spring training. I was like, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. Well, it all makes sense. You You just made the point. That's why all the tracks look so pristine. Right. Like they have all the money coming in. It's the same as casinos. Oh, look at look at that. How many like that? How elaborate like the Bellagio is like putting out you know fresh flowers every day. Yeah, because everybody loses. Yeah, I feel you. Well, you know what but else? Is- like, but you know, you you talked about Baffert. I just think if if this had happened to somebody else, this happened to another trainer. If somebody else's horse had won the Kentucky Derby, and then the same thing happened. They would have, you were you would have for sure been like this guy's also got a checkered past. I can guarantee you one thing: if somebody's been in the horse racing game for ten years, they don't have a past. clean record of being I like gotcha. my horses are just eating fucking oats and beating everybody. Yeah. Well, it's it's the name of the game. It's it's the it's the industry. I get what you're saying. 
It's like boxing. Yeah, it's exactly like boxing because it's still run by the exact dude. These are the the sports of kings. These are the 1910s and the 1920s and the 1930s most important sports in the world. And who is running things then? Organized crime organizations. Like we're literally looking at you know who's the sketchiest folks in sports? People in horse racing, people in boxing. They're the fucking sketchiest people in sports. Wait, Don King is sketchy? Yeah, Andy, he's sketchy. I thought the guy was totally legit. They are sports that were that 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 were the biggest things in the world. By the by the way, real criminals quick, ran the world. Real quick about that. About boxing. The fact that and I know he's older and you know he's near the end, but the fact that Floyd Mayweather is fighting a YouTuber is just like to me, that well, is that, the that's that's the epitome of boxing at this point. It's all just well, showmanship. That, that's not even that's barely boxing at this point. It's like, oh, we're you know, that's that's the next level. That's where boxing. So boxing is such a trash bag fixed sport that no one like you, if you get a good fight. It's it's like so rare that you get a good fight that like people have lost interest in watching guys dodge each other or big lug guys and like no one knocking each other out. Like we're so far removed from the days where like boxing was like exciting because you, you know you talk about baseball you have three outcomes in boxing you have one outcome like the outcome in boxing is the guy who shouldn't win is going to win in a fucking split decision so they can fight a second time and then the other guy's going to win and then they're going to fight a third time. It's all just a scam for your, for Canelo fucking Ruther five, four times hasn't settled it. How about a fifth? And so now the, the next level of that scam is like when people get annoyed with that, what do we do? Well, what if we have, you know, essentially fucking celeb boxing? We now are just like Jake Paul and like these guys aren't even in fucking same weight class. We, we you basically have a professional boxer, one of the greatest boxers of all time, one of the greatest boxing technicians ever fighting a guy who's way bigger, who guess what? Floyd Mayweather's probably not going to knock out, but is going to fucking dance around, get a bunch of good shots in. And then we'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe Floyd Mayweather fucking went eight rounds with fucking, you know, YouTuber. Well, he's, you know, 45 pounds heavier than him. Yeah. But but it's to me, the, the person who doesn't know anything about this, like it just makes it unappealing. But your brother's going to buy the fight and you guys are going to watch it in his basement. So they don't give a fuck what you think. Yeah, you're probably right. My little brother probably will. Yeah. You he, he, you watched him fight fucking Nate Robinson or whatever. You're certainly yeah, watching did. him fight fucking Floyd Mayweather. But I'm not paying for it. You know, like like I, I just I think that's why we don't talk about it on this show, but I think that's why, you know, MMA and UFC has become so big. They just say it just. It's legit. Now there's this show. It's, it's the same type of thing, though. You know, the the Mayweather Paul, like like uh, Dana White has stolen a lot of the how to hype things up from. Oh, the, the showmanship I mean, the, for sure. The, the whole like we're going to get guys and stand them nose to nose for a press conference. We're going to do these press conferences. We're allowed to talk shit. It's like all this stuff. Like 
Floyd Mayweather having his hat stolen by a YouTuber. I mean, how fake was that? It was as fake as Conor McGregor throwing a chair at a bus in the Barclays Arena. It was as, it's, it's as fake as, you know, uh, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper stealing Randy Savage's girlfriend and keeping her in a cage or whatever. Like, it's all fucking nonsense. Yeah. Well, I'm excited because after we record today's show, there's a bunch of thick grass in the backyard that I got to cut, Joe. We've had so much rain here. Eight. I know this this Midwest rain situation. You get you guys getting a lot of it. I mean, yeah, it's like, and then it'll rain like every like what is this Florida? What's yeah. going on here in the Midwest? A lot of rain and uh, a lot of growth. It's been about eight days since I cut the back lawn, but I'm very happy to say the lawn is looking great. I've gotten rid of any of the weeds and any of the brown spots. Those are all gone. Thanks to my friends at Sunday. Guys, Sunday Lawn Care will customize your lawn and they'll give you a great plan to attack any weeds, pest control, you name it. They'll get you taken care of. Simply go to sunday.com, put in your home address and their free lawn analysis tool will take care of the rest all just in seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com forward slash dirty to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com forward slash dirty and i uh really am liking how the lawn's looking got some other work i gotta do to it but uh that was my day sun that that was my day not on sunday i'm talking about sunday my day on saturday after the king's island debacle i came home and i cut the front grass that was the way i ended my day peacefully so good luck finding me security guard mike Maybe catch me on my riding mower, Mike. I'm not, I, I'm I'm trying to let this because I don't want to you know I don't want to ruin our good friend Sunday's ad with my follow up. You're like that's how I, that's how I ended my day peacefully. So you went full Antifa at Kings Island, then you came home and cut your grass, and you're like, listen, I'm just I'm just over here being peaceful. <laughs> I was very peaceful, by the way. I was I was I was condescending, but I was peaceful. I could have ran out the exit. When they told me to stay, no, I waited for the supervisors and the security. So I think I was very, I was very peaceful. Oh yeah. You, you merely used your clout to get others to also break laws. Your brother was like, you are clearly in trouble. You're sitting with security. They've told you what you've done wrong. He's like, should I also do it? And you're like, yes, mobilize everybody out of the, everybody out of the boo hill. I'm building Attica. Attica, Attica. I'm building an army. <laughs> yeah, Kings Island army. Yeah, you're you're a you're you're Kings Island Antifa. I almost had Snoopy joining me. Okay, because that's 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 the theme in the kids area. It's the Snoopy and the Snoopy characters. So maybe that's the next move. I'll get the characters on my side. So on Saturday night. Russell Westbrook tied Oscar Robertson's 
all-time triple-double record. It's 181 games with a triple-double. It's pretty awesome. I was actually watching the last half of that game. It was Wizards, Pacers. It was on NBA TV. A lot of a lot of discussion about Russell Westbrook, though. A lot of people don't want to give him credit. As far know. as as far as a lot of people, it's morons, empty points, empty rebounds, empty stats. I see a lot of that. Well, I think first of all, that's he has 181 triple doubles. I agree. We're not talking about he has 15. Uh, he's got the most like. I, I don't know anybody who's a real basketball fan who doesn't think Russell Westbrook is one of the elite athletes we've seen in the history of the NBA. Um, the guy goes harder than most people. Now you could, I, I think, I think as opposed to empty points, empty, I could argue that Russell Westbrook's style of play. If he is your point guard, doesn't necessarily translate to team wins, but that doesn't mean that Russell Westbrook isn't achieving these things and isn't a fantastic athlete. Like, I don't think he, I don't think that Russell Westbrook is just getting points. I mean, I'm sure, listen, everybody in the history of sports is like, you know, they're going to do what they like. If he has, you know, 10 points and 10 assists and nine rebounds, I'm not saying he's not like, Hey, let me get this rebound and get another triple double. I'm not saying some of these triple doubles haven't come, you know, with some help from teammates trying, but like, I don't know that Oscar Robertson's weren't, I don't know that anybody else's weren't who knows what goes on in, you know, magic Johnson's huddle, as far as his triple doubles. I don't know about any of that. What I would say is a way more, uh, you know, a way more valid argument against Russell Westbrook's legacy is that, you know, this style doesn't necessarily translate to everybody being better. Now it has this year, like they, he's turned the wizards around with his second half. So, you know, are they going to compete for a title? Of course they're not, but that would be my argument against his legacy as opposed to stat padding or whatever. Like, I don't think he's stat padding. I just think he's, you know, I just think he's doing him and that doesn't necessarily translate into, you know, great basketball. Well, and also I thought the announcer, I don't know who it was. It was the Pacers announcers, but I thought he made a great point. And he said, because he brought this up, but he also said, look guys, the reason that the little guys get so many more rebounds now is because the game's different. And there's so many long rebounds because of all the threes. Yeah, which I never thought of. So his point was back in the day, only the big man had the big rebound numbers because the shots were so close to the hoop. Yeah. But now with all the long rebounds and the way the ball bounces in so many different ways, you're going to have a lot more rebounds that go to guards. And I never thought of that. And it's such a basic concept, but it's a great point. So that this this notion that but he's like, still got to go get him. No, you no, know, yeah. There's still, there's I, still, the way, there's I'm not, still I'm not, guards who don't rebound for shit. I agree. I'm not trying to discredit Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook, but my point is it makes sense. And I think that in a way also discredits like I, I never understood the empty stat thing. Cause to me, I, I agree. I don't follow that argument of wait, so like these 10 rebounds and 10 assists are bullshit. Like, what does that even mean? Right. He still got them. 
yeah, I would argue that it's harder to it's harder to bullshit rebounds and, and assists and assists and it is points. A hundred percent than a guy who's just taking more shots than they, you know. You talk about empty stats, like Kobe Bryant's has, you know, a, a chunk of years in the middle of his career and at the end of his career where he is stockpiling empty stats. You're not helping your team win. You're forcing terrible shots. Carmelo. Yeah, you're taking more shots in a game than somebody should. You're not, uh, you know, you're you're not you're not effective. Um, you're not, you know, like there's just there's you're not doing anything. You're literally just scoring points. I totally agree. To me, it's the points are the empty stats. When when you're when you're doing the other things, it's not. And it's as far not- as the triple double goes, in most of these career 181 triple doubles, I would say that. He's got at least five baskets that are probably not empty. You know what I mean? Now, if you go, oh, he's he's averaging, you know, he's the only guy that averaged 30 point triple doubles for X amount of time. Now we could have an argument of like why that might be not as valid. But I think, you know, the thing with Westbrook is you could maybe you could argue that if these were of a less of a concern for him, because it does seem like he cares. If they were, if he was less concerned with triple doubles and more concerned with W's, maybe you know he's he would have had more team success. But also, if you're a coach and somebody goes, "Listen, this guy right here is going to give you a triple double every night," I'm not going to tell you how he's going to do it. Do you want him or not? Every coach is going to be like, "Yeah, give me him." Yeah. Well, here's an interesting stat, and and I put it in, and it, it doesn't have all his triple doubles. Because what's their record? He, here's him with the Thunder. Listen to this. When Russell Westbrook got a triple-double with the Thunder, they won 100. Out of 138 games, they won 110 and 28. Pretty good. So the argument that it's empty stats is bullshit because they're winning just like the other night where they were behind big time. He gets a triple-double. They win the game. Beal had 50 points. So the argument. By the way, Russell Russell Westbrook's been on winning, mostly winning teams, like his correct. entire career. So I think I think when people say, like I just did, that maybe it doesn't turn into winning. Back, like we're talking on a on a great, we're talking compete for a championship. You know what? Uh, like he's been to the finals one time. Uh, he had Kevin Durant and James Harden on that team. Um, we're we're talking about a guy who's statistical success is literally legendary and his team success is, you know, nothing particularly great. Like playing winning basketball is one thing in the NBA. It's certainly, it's certainly a bar uh, to achieve. And that would be where I argue the empty stats thing again, you know, Kobe Bryant's not winning a single playoff round during his no big man having stat padding MVP years. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook, he's won some rounds of playoffs with the Thunder. He's won some rounds of playoffs with the Rockets. It just hasn't, you know, translated into really any sort of close championship appearance except for one. Yeah. So I saw you added the AD game last night against the Suns in the rundown. Well, Suns the best team in basketball. AD comes back. There, the the question mark around his health is 
you know, is he going to be fully healthy? What's going on with his ankle? What's going on with it? Blah, 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 blah. He comes back. He dominates. Personally, he dominates. The Lakers win. They beat the best team as well. They're fighting for But he keep calling them the best team. Well, stati- like record-wise. The Jazz are the best record. They're, okay, they're going back and forth, right? Okay. Like they're, they've they've well, been right there. Well, yeah, they're two games. The Jazz are two games above. I just didn't right. know what you were saying. I'm just saying they're, they're, there was a moment. There's They're one of the best teams. Like, you know, they're at the top of the Western Conference. Sure. So now they have the second best record in basketball. Um, so, you know, we're looking at, you know, a real test, not just AD comes back, scores 40 against, you know, whoever, and they win They're We're looking at the, a team that's fighting to stay out of the play in tournament beats the, the two seed in their conference, the second best record in basketball. Um, I, I, I think it's a very meaningful, it's like people are like, Oh, what does it mean? I think it's a very meaningful performance by Anthony Davis and the Lakers. It's essentially saying we can beat anybody with a healthy Anthony Davis. I don't know what you're shaking your head at. I'm shaking my head at they're They need LeBron James in the playoffs. Oh, I'm not saying that they don't need LeBron James. That I'm saying not, that, that uh, was not okay. part of my, that was not part of my, you said they could beat anybody. I'm, you, you did not mean in a seven game series. No. And I also, obviously I don't mean with that, but I'm talking about, you know, I'm not worried about what LeBron James is going to bring or not bring or the 80% of LeBron James or whatever. I'm not a hundred percent, blah, blah, blah. The biggest thing is LeBron James, 80%, a hundred percent or whatever with Kyle Kuzma ain't winning a NBA title. You're going to need a healthy Anthony Davis. And if a healthy Anthony Davis can dominate a game, I like the Lakers chances with a 75% LeBron James and a 100% Anthony Davis. Is LeBron playing any more games in the regular season? I don't know. I assume he will. I assume he's not just going to go straight into a thing, but. Cause the Lakers only have four games left. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to go straight into a play-in situation without playing any more games. So remind me on the play-in. Who all participates in that? Seven, eight, nine, ten. You have to win two games in a row if you're the ten the ten seed to qualify. You'd have to lose two games in a row if you're the seven seed to to lose out so the lakers want that six seed yeah so they're gaming back of portland right now right and the clippers are a three seed which would be awesome although if the lakers made it out of that i'd argue they'd probably rather take the suns in a in a matchup to start than the clippers yeah, I mean the, the Lakers have been so spotty that I don't think they want to have a two game for their whole season little run. But at the same time, you know, I, I I'm not sure that the that a LeBron James uh, Anthony Davis duo would be all that worried about it. 
maybe they I, I I just don't think that would be strategy. You got to beat everybody one way or the other, right? Yeah, I, I'm still, I guess, I didn't realize there was only four games. I knew it was down to the end, but only four games left. Your Knicks are holding steady. They are. Big win yesterday. They got Lakers. Is Lakers tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Knicks are 99.7% to make the playoffs right now. So it seems like we're in, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> it is the Knicks after all. Is he, is who's coach? The coach of the year could be interesting this year. Yeah. You figured seems like should, should be in the pretty heavily in the mix, but also, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Son's coach, uh, Monty Williams. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. You think it would come down to those two, right? I think so. Yeah. Or what about uh, Quinn Schneider? Solid. I mean, I think this, the sun, you know, the, the, the Jazz have been there. The Suns, you know, played well last year. Um, but in the obviously, bubble. yeah, in the bubble, but obviously not. Uh, no one saw them being the two seed. But the Knicks coming out of nowhere to be a four seed in the East, like I wasn't. Listen, I, I people say I don't take my L's. I take I'm taking my L on Tom Thibodeau. I did not like that hire. I was wrong. Till Tibbs. What time is your flight? I like four. So you got a minute. Yeah. You want to do a call or two? Sure. We'll have time for a couple calls in. All right. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Let's go. Let's go to an old uh an old dirt ball we met up in Houston. McKay. Remember him? Yeah. We got us the tickets. He he's got he's got a question for us. Hey Dirty Sports. This is McKay Parker from Houston, Texas. The Washington football team still doesn't have a new name. It's been a year since they've uh, changed their name to the Washington football team. And they haven't, you know, they haven't given any indication that they're going to change their name. So my question is, what's the biggest procrastination that you guys have had? And um, for Tug Coker's new baby's name, how about Hector Coker? All right, stay dirty. Hector, Hector Coker. He had. I don't, it's Tug announced. I do know the name. I'm not gonna announce it. He has a name. I don't know it. So he hasn't. He hasn't announced it to me. Oh, I texted him. I said, "What's your baby's name?" Because he texted us claiming his baby was Larry Bird Coker. Yeah, and it is not indeed it, Larry Bird. Coker. It is not Larry Bird Coker. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have not seen all, it. I have not seen any formal Instagram announcement. I know maybe he's waiting to. I, maybe he's just following it, doing a Schefter. He's waiting for, I don't know, uh, the start of the NBA playoffs or something like Maybe he's waiting for a big day. Perhaps it's going to be, uh, you know, a U.S. Open uh, golf weekend announcement. I don't know. I don't know what what uh, Tug is planning, but it seems as though when we find out, it will not be because new information dropped. He's like, I've been sitting on this a while. Exactly. Um, when, when is Washington? I listen. My manager was 
very upset with this when we were watching the NFL draft. She was very upset that they still haven't picked. I'm like, I like the Washington football club, the Washington football team. Yeah. Like it's very, it's very soccer style. Like I I like it. I don't like, I don't care if they never pick a name, but now we got it. What like people are very like people like, they don't have like now they got to pick a random regional animal. They're going to go with the red wolves. I bet. That'd be so stupid. Who care? The red wolves. I hate the like, I hate the like, Hey, let's pick a fucking animal. No one's ever seen around here, but like a thousand years ago, before we had cars, the wolves were all over the middle mid Atlantic region. The last time a Carolina resident walked outside, they're like, yeah, babe, there's a Panther in the yard. I don't know. Panthers in Florida. Yeah. What cool the last animal. time somebody was like on their way to, you know, work at their high level, you know, marketing job in downtown Chicago and there was a fucking bear in the street. Well, I mean, Joe, you could say this for any team. Literally I know. any team. No shit. This is my point. It's like, I don't care if they when's the last time up. somebody went to the Ford motor plant and they saw a lion walking across I, the freeway. Exactly. My point. My point is I don't give a shit. Like the, the idea that we need, like people are the, the idea that people are upset about this. Oh man. I'm not upset. I'm just wondering. What's I think be the Washington football team. WFT. Yeah, I like it. They're all over the world, there's soccer clubs that don't have, you know. I'm trying to think of something I've procrastinated the most on. I think everybody procrastinates on their taxes. I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people do. I do. Um, maybe ending a relationship for people. Friendship, a job. I think a job is a big one. A lot of times people are like, they don't want to leave a job, yeah. but they do. What's the thing that you've most procrastinated on? Cleaning maybe sometimes for people. I mean, you got your first girlfriend when you were like 33. I think you could say <laughs> you procrastinated on forming a healthy adult relationship. Yeah. I mean, the first like official love. Yeah. By the way, my nephew, I did an overnight with my, my nine-year-old nephew the other night. What is an overnight? What does this mean? You had a sleepover? Yeah. Like he came over. <laughs> Wait, your nine-year-old came and slept at your place? Yeah. Your neighbors are like, what the fuck is going on? With no, this it's, my, it's my nephew. We played. We they played don't ba- know that. Yeah, they do. They do. He goes to school with their kids. We, we played basketball, had a movie night. Yeah, that sounds really creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> we did a popcorn tasting test. I had three different types of popcorns. Where did he sleep and where did you sleep? Prano, don't go there. I'm just wondering. Don't go there. You guys didn't both sleep in the basement. What if we did? <laughs> then your neighbors are like, this guy's dying his hair, taking kids into his basement. They don't come out for days at a time. Not dying my hair. No, his mom put it in the morning. He had soccer. 
It was supposed to be him and his sister. Normally, because they're twins, but she bailed. <laughs> it's great night. I cooked him dinner at my brother Greg's first. <laughs> I'm really setting myself up, aren't I? Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, your I poor, asked- your poor family, just sharing out of context Ruther stories. Yeah, I had a sleepover with my nephew the day before I, you know, uh, caused a riot at Kings Island. What the fuck is going on there in Ohio? Yeah, it really could be taken out of context, huh? Anyway, I asked him. You talked about dating. I asked him. It's funny hearing a nine-year-old's perspective. I said, what is the, because his teacher's getting married and she's 24. And I made the joke, oh, I got two weeks to swoop in. And he's like, she's too young for you. I said, okay, 24 is too young. I said, what age, what's the lowest I can date? He only gave What me- are you talking about, Andy? Were you and your nephew sleeping in the same bed in your basement talking about how young you're allowed to date? Like this, now we're going, like now. No, I'm just this, like, this was in the- Please this, tap out on that. This was in the car right after I picked him up from school. Right, because he's talking about his teacher. Hey, you still awake? Yeah, you still awake, Uncle Andy? Yeah. I was just wondering before you go to bed, what do you think? What do you think the youngest Uncle Andy could date? Just like in your nine-year-old mind, like how young is too young for me? He's like, I, I don't know. You're like out somebody, of control. Like somebody else who's like fifty, and you're like, I'm not fifty. So he told me. All right, good, all right, good night. He told me. I love how you think we're like going to bed at the same time. By the way, he told me. Three years should be my cutoff. I'm like, three? You think I should only date a girl? I can't go any lower than 36? It's unbelievable. I mean, he's nine. That's that's a third of his life. You know what I mean? Maybe you should adjust for, uh, you know, adjust for the fact that he, that in for his reference, it's really 13 years of your life. True. I do remember announcing to my entire first grade class because I thought it was so absurd. I was like, when my mommy was in the first grade, my daddy was in the eighth grade. Cause I thought that was so wild to think like the seven years. So you're right. Okay. I'm done talking. What about you procrastinations? Because you're going to turn me more into this so bro. I don't even know. Uh, Kitty I, I, toucher. Uh, I mean, I guess there've been, I mean, I've certainly, you said it before. I've certainly procrastinated on my taxes. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I don't think I've gotten either stimuluses because they're still waiting for my taxes from 2007 or something like that. So that's a good one for me. Um, what else? It's been about 20 years of procrastinating a real job. That's a, that's a strong one for a comedian. I think deep cleans people procrastinate on like a good deep bathroom clean. Yeah. Or like a good deep dusting. I guess I've been procrastinating on uh, where I live. I mean, all my parents shit is still here, but I think that's a little different level because it's like the grieving process. But it did hit me. My brother goes, you know, mom and dad could walk right in the house and be like, nothing's changed. I'm like, Harambe's up in the background. What are you talking about? Yeah. I have changed a couple things. Yeah, the base like they could they could definitely stay on your ground floor and not think anything's changed. Oh, 100%. So like the 
The basement's a little weird. We have an arcade game down there. Harambe's on the wall, and Andy is currently hanging out with like 15 nine-year-olds watching uh, a movie. It's not weird. They're my basketball team. Why did none of you have pants on? We're in shorts. We are a basketball team again. This isn't weird. Stop making it weird. No, chill. Are they are you are you currently dying all the hair? We're not dying our hair. Yeah, well you're what you're procrastinating on is getting yourself some uh some chlorine shampoo. I am. <laughs> I need to. My hair feels it like you know who you look like? I just figured it out. I've been waiting the whole time. I was I was like, he looks like somebody looks like you look like Stan. Yo, yo, dear M. <laughs> you look like Stan. It's so brittle. My hair is so brittle. It's disgusting. The best part is I thought it would change when I was in L.A. Remember, I go, I go, I'm not going to be in a pool for 10 days. Yeah. You're, you said, Ruther, it's not going to just go back. Yeah. I was like, you've killed your hair with, you know, chlorine. It's not going to. I mean, I was like, it'll go back eventually. If you don't go in a pool for like a year, it'll grow out. All right. You want to get one more Mr. call? I'm too good to call it right. My fans. <laughs> you want to hear one more call? Sure. I think Coach O called us. Let me let me see. Oh, nice. Yo, Andy, it's your good friend Ed Orgeron. Uh, I've seen you express some concern, which is well wanted for Joe Burrow. And uh, my, I care deeply about my former players. And now that Jamal Chase is also there, I took it upon myself to enact a ancient buyer. Blood sacrifice from a donkey to protect Joe Burrow, who's going to be throwing the ball to Jamal Chase, protect them. Because if my players die on that motherfucking football field, it makes it look bad. Got motherfuckers going to NSU, get drafted, dying bad. So I sacrificed a donkey, a burro, for Joe Burrow, <laughs> a man that is, I love dearly. And it's helped me make millions of dollars. Go Tigers. Stay dirty. Suck my tiger dick, bitch. That's pretty good. He sacrificed good. a burrow for a burrow. I like it. That's not a bad at that's not yeah. a bad at all. In honor of this idea, <laughs> I think that we should also a murder sacrifice. Kill and let the blood drip from his body. Chase Ali. That way, we can also keep Jamar Chase safe. <laughs> Fuck Chase Utley. Gojo out. All right. Well, I got uh, I got a daycare to run, so we got to wrap up this show. Unbelievable, Prano. You really spun things around. I spun nothing. Your Kings Island security. This is Stan. <laughs> I'm going back. I'm going back. Will I be allowed? That's the question. I think I will. I'm not too worried. Guys, call us 310-359-8365. Tweet us. DM us. 
at the Dirty Sports iTunes reviews. I got koozies to get out. Uh, I got to get rid of some. So drop a review. Leave your Twitter or Instagram handle. I got stand-up comedy coming up. Thank you for everybody who came out in St. Louis. I will be in San Francisco in just a couple of weeks, less than two weeks now, the weekend of the, I believe it's 20th, 21st, 22nd. Uh, already a couple of headlining shows up, booked up there. So come see those. I'll be in Alaska after that. If you are in the upper Russia part of the world, <laughs> come see me in Alaska. The uh, San Diego, first week of June. And then I am on social media at Joe Prano for everything except for Twitter at Fix Your Life. All right, Dirtballs, that is this show. Have a great few days. We'll talk to you soon unless I'm thrown in Kings Island jail. And as always, stay dirty.